my favorite CD of all time would have to be Live at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans. Well, for sure, Giant Steps by John Coleman. Joni Mitchell. One would have to be the essential Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington. Kind of Blue. Sticky Fingers. Beatles. The Who. Todd Rundgren. Keith Jarrett. Oscar Peters. Dave Brubeck. Songs in the Key of Life. Good evening, and welcome to Stranded, CDs for a Desert Island. I'm Ross Porter. If you were marooned on a remote island with no prospect of returning home, which CDs would you want to have to help pass the time? For most music fans, it's a difficult question. But what if you're a musician? Hmm, the prospects could be even more challenging. Pianist and singer Michael Casehammer was born and raised in Germany. He lived there until his late teens when he moved to Canada. He's released seven highly regarded albums. He's my guest today on Stranded. First, here's Michael Casehammer and Love Light on Jazz FM 91. Hammer on Jazz FM 91, and that was Love Light, the title track to an album of his. Michael is indeed our guest on this edition of uh, Stranded, Music for a Desert Island. Good to see you. Nice to see you, too. Nice to be here for this show. Well, thanks. I have to do uh, nothing, just pick songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's good to be be with you. How Mm -hmm. long have I known you? I think we met in 97 or 98 for the first time. 98, maybe? Okay. In Winnipeg, right? Was it the first time? Or was it in Toronto? No, I think it was in Winnipeg the first time we met. And it was in 98, I think, it was when I started to travel, when I actually started to, like, actually have a CD out and travel. I think it was my second CD. Okay. And how long had you been in Canada at that point? Two years. Three years. Yeah. So my... I, don't, I can't remember what I was talking about because my English probably wasn't so great. So you moved to you from Germany. You moved yeah. to Canada in '94. '95. '95. Yeah. So I think we met '98 when my album "Tell You How I Feel" came out. Yeah. And why did you move? Why did you uh, move from Germany? It was all my parents. A lot of things. It's funny. A lot of things up to my 18th year were really influenced by my parents, and then because coming to Canada, I kind of started hanging out by myself more, and my life really kind of changed. But up until that point, we came to Victoria every summer on vacation. Like since, from Germany? From Germany, since 85. My uh, long story short, we came in 85, and my grandma said, you know, I have this address of cousins, uh, and these cousins, they, they left Germany during World War II, and I know they moved to Canada. I don't know where. This is the address I have. Let's just try and call them. And they lived 10 minutes from the bed and breakfast that we stayed at on Vancouver Island. So it was a big family reunion. It was kind of a coincidence. And then every year we came over. And then finally my dad, I remember my dad having this family meeting with me and my brother and my sister. And was very serious about, let's move the family. Are we going to do this? And is everyone in? And we were kids for us. It was the coolest thing in the world. We're going to listen to some of your uh, Desert Island picks. What's the uh, What's the first album that you have? Um, Harry Belafonte, and actually, I could probably play anything by Harry Belafonte. 
because my dad, my dad loves Harry Belafonte. And to this day at Christmas, my dad's very serious about music. Like Christmas Eve, it has to be classical. Mozart, Beethoven. And that's what he plays on the piano. Christmas Day, it's more like caroling and that kind of stuff. And then towards the evening, Christmas Day, the stuff where you can dance to comes out. Count Basie and so he's got some a of program. the Beatles. Yeah, but he, because holidays, like Christmas is a very big thing for him and for me and the family, like for everyone in the family. So certain music cannot be played on Christmas Eve. It's just not right, you know? And you dress up and you listen to classical music and it's just, there's candles and it's just proper might be the german in him <laughs> i don't know anyway but harry belafonte comes out a lot when you know about dancing and everything and and that's to me i love live albums and when my dad turned me on to this album at carnegie hall it was kind of like you know i listen to it now and I, i i think i'm 10 years old that's why i love it and that's why i would take it you know i would this is the kind of stuff i listen to anyway so this is what i would take to an island Here's Harry Belafonte from his live album at Carnegie Hall. This is Man Smart, Woman Smarter on Jazz FM 91. I say, let us put man and a woman together to find out which one is smarter. <laughs> Some say men, but I say no. The women got the men beat, they should know. Harry Belafonte on Jazz FM 91, recorded at Carnegie Hall, and that was Man Smart, Woman Smarter. I'm Ross Porter, and this is Stranded, Music for a Desert Island, and uh, our guest, my guest today, is Michael Kaysammer. I don't think any conversation with you is complete unless we chat about New Orleans. Mm-hmm. My impression, a, a, a big part of your musical soul. Correct? Yeah, pretty much everything I grew up with. Well, not everything, but most of the music I grew up listening to comes from there. I was influenced by that. I mean, Louis Armstrong, my dad idolized Louis Armstrong. Just musically, show, writing, the fact that he, you know, how he treated his wife. That, like, he knew so much about him as a person and everything, and, and he was just very... He was a fan, like a real fan, and and that's how I grew up. You know, Louis Armstrong was like listening to, I don't know, someone listening to uh, the Beatles later on or something. You know, it's a huge thing. He's an artist that, uh, and there are just a handful of them. The moment you hear them, you smile. Mm-hmm. That's a, absolutely a, a rare gift to have. Is Harry is one of them. The, the song we just listened to. I mean, that's Harry's like that. Louis Armstrong's like that for sure. And it's you know. To me, like, like I was saying earlier, the Harry, sh- the Harry uh, album makes me feel like I'm ten. But the Louis Armstrong thing is the same. Like that, when I hear Louis's voice, it kind of makes me think, right? That's why I do it. You know, James Booker is your is your next pick, a mm-hmm. piano player from uh, from New Orleans, no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about James Booker. Well. To me, he is the... I have two favorite piano players. If I have to nail it down, like people ask me always, you know, who's your favorite piano player? And it's hard to do because everyone has good and bad, like or good things that you like in everybody. But as a rounded 
piano player, there's no one like James Booker. Tatum is the other one for me, but it's those two for sure. And Booker was great because Booker is Booker. No matter if he plays classical, if he plays the Beatles, if he plays blues, if he plays Percy Mayfield, whatever, it always sounds like Booker. You know, it doesn't sound like Booker playing blues. It doesn't sound like Booker playing the Beatles. And that was the first time that I realized you can just be yourself and you have a voice. And I was, I remember when I was a kid, I used to go through, there's a magazine in Germany called Jazz Podium. And I, uh, it was all the festivals and reviews and I would, you know, I subscribed to it and I would be so excited when it came in the mail. And then one day there was advertised uh, Stride and Boogie Woogie Piano Workshop. And I was like, you know, this is, I gotta go. I gotta figure out how to do some of this stuff, not knowing that I already figured it out listening to records, but I never had lessons in it. So I took a train by myself to this town called Würzburg. I remember this like it was yesterday. And there was four guys there. There was the guy who was teaching and three other piano players, and they were so bad. It was just like kind of very amateur at the beginning. So uh, there was really nothing for me. Not that I was, I'm not saying I was a great player at the time, but I didn't get anything out of it except this guy had a James Booker record. And that made the trip worth it. I mean, just that experience. And this was the record. It was this live record recorded in Switzerland at a, at a piano festival in the 70s. And I heard that, and I, was, I listened to it the whole train trip home, and I lifted every note on the, my, like, I copied every note. I was trying to learn everything on that record. And uh, Booker is it. I think anyone in, in school going to see, going to learn jazz, if it's, you know, here or anywhere else in the world, if Booker's not in your curriculum, you're missing out. That's, I truly believe that. Here's James Booker. The album is called New Orleans Piano Wizard Live. And this is Please Send Me Someone to Love on Jazz FM 91. on Jazz FM 91, and that was Hide and Seek. comes from an album called Texas Style, and it's a, uh, another one of the uh, Desert Island picks of our guest today, Michael Casehammer. What do you think when you hear that? When you listen to someone um, like Big Joe Turner? Well, Big Joe, you know, anything I've picked, it's all stuff from my childhood because uh, I, I just, I love, you know, music can get you right back to a certain place or feeling or time in your life. And uh, I don't know if I'm nostalgic about it, but I, I remember that ecstatic excitement that I had as a kid for music. I still have it, but it's different. It's different today when you're a little older and you've been, you're in the, you have a career, and it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same thing. And that feeling of, I hear that and I just, I want to be 10 again. I want to live in, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but live back in Germany 
and uh, hang out with my dad and just watch his face going like, can you can you believe this? Check this out and just see his excitement. You know, that's what this means for me. So without your dad's record collection, mm-hmm. I might be a lawyer right now. Who knows? <laughs> or an accountant. <laughs> I, I, that's the only reason why I play piano. It's the only reason why it's jazz. It's just because of my dad. I wanted to be with my dad when I was a kid. Are you close to him now? Yeah, I am. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, it was this, we had a real bond. The music really bonded us. Um, and to this day, we have that. But now, he's probably the only person where I can get pure, unconditional criticism about what I do. because. And he's a piano player, too. Yeah, he plays, I mean, he's not a professional, but he plays piano. And he's he knows a lot about music. And he uh, he knows what he likes, and he knows what he doesn't like. And, you know, it's his opinion, but in the end, every time I record something new, and I love it, he's the only person that comes up to me rather than going, this is great, what a great album, you you know, blah, blah, blah. He'll just go, well, I don't know about this part, and what did you think when, like, it's, and I love it because I feel like a kid again, and I start saying, yeah, but Dad, this is you know, it comes from here, and he goes, well, I don't think you can do this. And it's great. I love it. I want to listen to something of yours. Okay. Now, and this is one of my favorite pieces by you, but I want you to talk about the significance of this of this tune mm-hmm. at St. James Infirmary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the significance it has to me, because that's, you know, all I can say is that it's one of, the, one of those tunes. I like writing my own music, and I like singing songs that I can relate to. Now, this is a story. There's nothing close to me in my own life that has to do with this story, you know, but it's, uh, I've heard this song as far back as I can remember, doing Louis doing St. James Infirmary, and then all the piano players I got into when I when I grew up, if it was Booker, if it was Longhair, if it was Tuts Washington, Toussaint, Dr. John, everyone has their own version of it. It's a staple to do in New Orleans. And when I went to, uh, before Katrina, I went down to visit a friend of mine who plays, who used to play with Mava Wright, who's a singer down there, Josh Paxton. And Josh is a great, he's kind of like a booker, you know, like he, he wrote a transcription book about booker and stuff. So uh, he, he went on the road and he got me to do the gig with Marva for a little while. And uh, if you don't play songs like that down there, then you're not really a musician or you're not really a piano player. You don't really know what you're doing. So I kind of tried to come up with something on my own. And uh, it's probably evolved since I was 10 years old. And I actually don't play it live anymore. I don't know why. But um, I'm excited to hear it because I can't remember (laughs) what it sounded like. Here's Michael Case Hammer, and this is St. James Infirmary on Jazz FM 91. I went down to the St. James and From Michael Case Hammer's album, Days Like These, that was St. James Infirmary. I'm Ross Porter. This is Stranded, music for a desert island, and my guest is, is Michael Case Hammer. Your next piece is by Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the only record that has nothing to do with me growing up or having any memory. 
I got introduced to this record about four years ago by Mark McLean. And, um, Who often plays drums with you. Yeah, yeah. And this was where, this was our first road trip we did. Um, we drove to, hmm, I think we drove from Vancouver to Kelowna or something. It was evening. I, I remember when he put it on, I remember what it looks like, what it looked like outside and how it affected me. And it's, again, that's one of these live albums that are milestones. You know, I mean, this is a compilation of two different sets. It's at the Troubadour in LA and then in, uh, I think it's the bitter end or something in New York. But so this is the best off records called Songs for You Live. But to me Billy Billy Preston's one of my favorite piano players, organ players and Rhodes players. And Donny Hathaway, cuz there's not many people who actually play the Rhodes as their main instrument. A lot of piano players play Rhodes, but this guy that was his main instrument. Like, that's his thing. And when he plays Rhodes, you can really tell. This is like an electric piano. That, yeah, it's that, from uh, the 70s. Fender. Fender make, makes it from the 70s. And it's, you know, depending on what size you get, it's 78 keys or it's not a full size. So you can get full size. Do they still make them? Rhodes as well. I think they started making them again. They had them at the NAMM show a couple of years ago, but they're, you know, I mean, no one really buys the new Rhodes. The whole point of it is to get the sound from the 70s. So. And then there's a lot of keyboard um, companies that try and convince you that their samples are the same, but there's n it's like it's a real instrument. It's not it's like a piano, right, or a trumpet or bass. Anyway, so but but Donnie Hathaway is probably the only guy I can think of who who made the Rhodes like his main instrument and actually did stuff on the Rhodes that you don't hear anyone else do with overtones and with holding the sustain. Now this uh, this particular track is I also love. See, I'm getting like three people in one track on my desert island here. I'm having like 30 people instead of 10 because <laughs> I I love um, uh, this song too and Carol King and the whole like that you know that 60s 70s era of writing. Um, so this is Donny Hathaway doing "You've Got a Friend." Jazz FM 91, and that's from the album Nina Simone Sings the Blues, and that was Do I Move You, and another one of the uh, Desert Island picks of uh, Michael Casehammer. Nina. Ah, no one like her, you know? When you, we've got tune to, tunes like this, I'd visit you on the, uh, on the <laughs> island. Yeah, let's have a little hang on the island. We'll do a barbecue. You can bring a six-pack of beer. <laughs> you can bring another 10 CDs. <laughs> We can do another show. Uh, when you, as a singer, when you listen to someone like Nina, what do you mm -hmm. get from it? Um, I get pretty much that. The thing I love about Nina is that she's talking to you. You know, like it's a story, and she has something to say, 
and uh, and she was doing it. She was doing it and playing the piano. Yeah, well, and to me, she's one of the most underrated jazz piano players ever. People know she plays the piano, but I don't think people realize how heavy she really was on the piano. Like, because she was, she wanted to be a classical piano player as a career. She wanted to be a concert pianist, but you know, um, the way it worked out with her and and the singing, she didn't want to do the singing for a while either. But when I hear her sing, it's like Billie Holiday or. Sinatra's like that or Dean Martin you know the fact that the singing sounds great is almost irrelevant I mean it's almost secondary because it's about them telling a story and and it's just you just want to indulge in the story you just want to get lost just the way they talk I fall asleep like sorry I fall asleep like that a lot if I can't fall asleep I put on something like Nina or Billie Holiday and I Rather than listening to the music, I I just imagine them talking to me and telling me a story, and I fall asleep like that. Really? Mm-hmm. What about the Rolling Stones? Um, that's that's basically uh, ACDC and the Rolling Stones were my two favorite bands as a kid, like bands, besides jazz stuff that I heard from my dad. My mom's father had. A milk bar. They called it a milk bar in Germany, which was basically like an ice cream shop for, you know, it's like 7 Eleven now when kids aren't old enough to go have a drink, that's where they hang out. So there was a jukebox, and, and uh, I think my, my mom still has them. Um, my grandfather had 45s of the Beatles and the Stones. That was basically it in that jukebox. So when I grew up, Besides hearing my dad's Basie records and Louis Armstrong, I had these 45s in my room, and with the big Apple symbol on in the middle and 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 the Stones, and um, I became a huge fan. Like to me, it's only rock and roll um, or uh, Sticky Fingers or or Exile. Like that's you know, I played drums actually when I was 15 in a in a rock band and that that was kind of the kicker for me why I wanted to play drums and do something else than play jazz on the piano when I was a teenager because I wanted to rock out like those guys did and Charlie Watts is a cool dude no absolutely he is one cool guy and what a great dresser and uh, yes mm. and a and a good uh, jazz drummer and a great jazz drummer yeah and there's a guy who has his and and the Ringo Ringo is the same way where it's so their own playing they're part of the band. It's not someone just playing the two and four, you know. So what do you want to play by the Stones? Um, well, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, Beg was one of the tunes that, when you hear it, the, in the first bar, Billy Preston's playing piano on it. And the way he plays that first line, the way he plays that, that, I had, you know, that just made me want to play Stones tunes and made me want to listen to that kind of music. So that first lick that you hear on this song was a huge thing for me as a kid. Like just a bar. I'm talking about a bar. I'm not talking about him as a player or, but the very first time you hear the piano in this, that's that's a huge thing for me.
the Rolling Stones and Ain't Too Proud to Beg from the uh, Motown catalog, if you, uh, if you mm-hmm. Nice to listen to. Michael, this has been good. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. We've got time for, uh, for one last piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to make it? Um, classical music was a big thing for me when I grew up and still is. It's the one thing I cleanse my mind with it. I play it when I come home from the road. I listen to a lot of Beethoven symphonies. You know, I've I've heard them since I was in elementary school. I remember that my music teacher in elementary school playing me the Fifth Symphony for, Symphony for the first time. So um, I think that has to be in there. I would not go on an island without Beethoven symphonies. And because we're saying ten CDs, I'll count the box set as one CD because <laughs> there's not one one symphony better than another. But if you have to pick, number nine. And this is with uh, Herbert von Karajan. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, listening to Karajan with the Berlin Philharmonics growing up in Germany. But there's other great versions. But to me, it's the best. Beethoven. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here's Herbert von Karajan. My guest has been Michael Casehammer. And we've been listening to his music for A Desert Island Unstranded. My guest has been Michael Casehammer. His album picks included At Carnegie Hall by Harry Belafonte, New Orleans Piano Wizard Live by James Booker, Texas Style by Big Joe Turner, These Songs for You Live by Donny Hathaway, Nina Simone Sings the Blues, It's Only Rock and Roll by the Rolling Stones, and Herbert von Karajan's Beethoven Symphonies Collection. Music that we didn't have a chance to play included Robert Palmer's Sneakin' Sally Through the Alley, ACDC's Highway to Hell, and Ottoman New York by Billie Holiday and Oscar Peterson. I'm Ross Porter. <laughs>